still fucking with you. Still waters run deep. Still Snoop Dogg and D.R.A. Nah, nah, nigga. Guess who's back? Steve. Still doing that shit, Andre? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Check me out. Welcome to the Room for Error podcast. My name is Cole Sheets, and I'm with my brother from another mother, Big Dan Harmson. What's crackalacking, my friend? Did, did you just throw a big Dan Harmson in front of that? The big D50. Was that a comment? A, Am I, yeah, I know it's winter. The, I'm, I'm no, probably it's putting the, a little bit away. The former, um, the former Twitter handle from... Uh, from college, what was it like the the Big D fifty? Yeah, I think it was something. That's like a that. great Twitter handle. Like Taylor's was Taylor Hall ass, and he changed it. What a puss! That's such a great Twitter handle, and you squandered your opportunity. Well, welcome everybody to the show um, program. The program. If I <laughs> who is it always says that? Andy fails. It's my favorite. Oh, yeah. thing. Superman and Batman. The program. Or the program, or like the restaurant. <laughs> oh my god! Magical. Um, welcome everyone. Um, we're going to kick things off. This is going to be a very free and loose show. Which I think we'll have a little bit more of that. Don't I'm wrong. That's definitely I'm, coming. I'm, I'm a sports fan in general. I'm a big fan of the sports. But college football is just straight it's, up it's heroin. It's my baby. Yeah. It's my baby. It is. You know, there, like I said, there's no other sport that keeps you that involved in the regular season. Involved? Is, it, is that a... Yeah, you just... You I just, just made up a You just jabbed a knee in there. It it's not a big it's deal. Right. It's okay. Um... In the regular season as college football. Don't wrong, we've got so NFL, much NFL playoff races are starting to heat up. Mm-hmm. NBA is kicking off. We have the baseball winter meetings. Um, college basketball will get start kind of getting a conference play here after the first year. The, 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 that will be more fun once we get into the swing of conference. I think there's yep. a lot of teams, you know, to harken back on pod, on previous podcasts. They're, they're still in that kind of first date, that first date, awkward first date stage where they're not really sure who they are. You know what they're doing yet, but not quite. It out. Yeah, and I think our hometown team can probably be considered one of those. This yeah. kind of not really got it figured out. I think we're probably closer than some, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll get to that later. Yeah, but this is a once again, this is going to be a very free, loose show. I think it's just going to be Danny and I talking here, and it's going to be fun. But let's let's kick this off. And Dan is uh, chomping at the bit here. Um, I do have a cocktail of the month, and I have. Why do I keep doing that? I do that every time. I'm just going to keep going with it. Cocktail of the month, four times a month, baby. Uh, I've got one here that is kind of a, a little spin on one of my classics as well. It's a little version of a whiskey sour, but I'm going to go ahead and just call it the whiskey cherry smash. Um, um, you are a lot more creative than me. It's, I, I had some, um, not grenadine, but, uh, maraschino cherries in my, in my fridge. And so I just kind of plopped those into the glass and smashed them up. Um, put some ice on top and then mix some ingredients. Danny, uh, why don't we go ahead and just take a little sipper of this thing and you can tell me what you think. Might want to give it a little stir. Give it a little stir there. I've got bring, this, the fancy straw. In bring here, so. yeah, bring some Big of the bring some of that liquor to the top, and we'll make sure that we got her all stirred around good. You know, we want to make sure that that's the that's the ticket right there, Danny. Whoa, Dan, what do you think of that drink? Sweet, but not too sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, enough bite of whatever whiskey we're drinking. Yes. Not bad. Yeah, not I, bad. it's a little sweeter than I wanted it to be. Truthfully, I I probably could have. Yeah, but it's not something that's going to sit here and give me gut rot. No. So um, so what I did, it's uh, like I said, I mashed those cherries up and put ice on top, and then did I you took, mash them or muddle them. Since I learned that's a word. Well, you, uh, both. You can use both terms are correct in this scenario. Um, I put ice on top, and then I took 
Um, Jim Beam Red Stag. Have you ever had Jim Beam Red Stag before? I have not, no. It's a cherry liquor infused Jim Beam. So it's a standard Jim Beam with like, basically it kind of smells. cherry liquor or liqueur? Well, whatever. Um, it basically smells like there's a little bit of uh, Dr. McGillicuddy's in it. I kind of, I'm getting a hint. I'm yeah. getting a hint of that. And so what, yeah. I put uh, probably about a, two shots of whiskey in there and then on top is Squirt, the soda. I'm a big... <laughs> Squirt the soda, not the yeah. Other. No, I. <laughs> yep, just gonna. All righty then. Um, so I think what I would have done differently, I think I would have just rather used regular Jim Beam. Yeah, I think and, you're and right. had just like a little bit extra bitter smokiness in there to go with that like lemon of the squirt. And you 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 put a lot more thought into this than I do. Yeah, I'm gonna try a couple different things. Have you ever had a dirty martini before? I've never had a normal martini before. Well, that, well it's basically the same. I was I was almost thinking about making a martini because vodka martinis it's got olive juice and um 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 oh shit what's the it's not bitters um anyways vermouth vermouth swirled in a frozen glass and then you shake it up and it's it's basically served neat it's not served with ice and when it's made with vodka it seriously just tastes like water and they're so potent there's nothing in there that sounds like it would taste good it's right but vermouth and vodka well you don't use a lot of vermouth you just coat the frozen glass like the cone glass right you know and then like you a, put vodka in it. yeah so then you coat it and then you dump out whatever vermouth you didn't use so it just takes a very little and you shake up uh olive juice and vodka with ice in a shaker right and then you shake it till Shaking it's really stir. right Till it's really, really cold, and then you uh, pour that in that frozen glass, and then garnish it with some olives. It's just a little bit salty. It's really good. That doesn't sound something. That it really actually does not sound good at all, but it's delicious. Well, That's James Bond be, likes them, so there's that. Um, yeah, except uh, James Bond would get his ass kicked by Chuck Norris. So, and Chuck Norris would drink beer. So now I feel like a total pussy. See, I've never been a big, big cocktail guy. Now I, I enjoy. Just a, you're kind of a craft beer fella. Well, I just you know or Pendleton's. See, I like, I actually, I enjoy whiskey. I have, I just don't get around to drinking it very often. Yeah. You know, but I, but I enjoy it when, you know, and even like whiskey neat, whiskey on the rocks or Manhattan's old fashioned stuff like that. That's what we had the day of your uh, wedding. We had some Pendleton at 10 a.m. That was awesome. We did. You know, but I've, I've never been, and maybe it's because my parents never had it around, but I've never been a guy who's made a bunch of cocktails, but I enjoy it. I I enjoy, it's a new adventure for me every week. Yeah, well, good. I'm glad you liked it. Um, I am. I am a big like go to you know pick the pick a six pack, get a new craft beer every time. I, I haven't. I haven't done that. I craft beer and just beer in general. It just fills me up way too fast. You know, I want to come home and have at least a couple drinks. You know, after the day and just decompress a little bit. And beer just kind of doesn't do it for me anymore. Hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, that's because you're you're in just that higher stage of alcoholism. Also correct. Yeah. Um, well. I will say on the golf course, that's where beer really comes in handy, but we digress. Dan, um, where would you like to jump into here to start? Um, I was looking um, at some of the coaching carousel things on CBS Oh, there's been a Sports. lot of jobs filled. There's been a bunch of jobs filled, bunch of new, a bunch of new ones open. Um, I'm, I'm kind of blanking them a little bit right now, but I know that... Can you tell me anything... Actually, you know what? I kind of want to start with the hot topic one here. What do you make of Ole Miss and the Lane Kiffin? The Lane Train. The, the Lane Train. What do you make of this? Because I have never been a big Lane Kiffin believer. And we've texted about this a little bit, yeah, too. Yeah, I don't know. Lane Kiffin is an, an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Or what, what is it off of the usual suspects? Yeah, he's an enigma wrapped in a riddle or something like oh, that. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that line. But um, 
he's a different cat. I don't, I don't know. Like he just, he's obviously had some very high profile jobs. He's not stayed at any of them very long. Actually went to FAU and looks like he's paid his dues a little bit now. Um, is what he was there three years, I think. Is that what it was I really? I thought it was only two, but yeah, that okay, which that sounds you know, that's, right. That that's sounds right. An eternity for Lane Kiffin, who uh, you know, love him and leave him. Yeah, something like that. Or love them and then they don't love you back and get fired off of a plane from yeah, Arizona on, State. Yeah, on the outside, I, I don't know if it's a great hire. I don't wrong. We all think the guy the guy can recruit. There's no doubt about that. Serious recruiter. Um, he's going to bring a level of legitimacy to your program and put a lot of energy in that program when I don't think there has been. After the Hugh Freeze fallout and Matt Luke kind of been status quo, although the players really love him, he, he's going to be somebody who injects a lot of hype into the program, the program, the um, program, you know, and there's no doubt about that. <sighs> he's obviously got a lot of high, high profile jobs, but he's just never stuck around long enough to know if we just don't know if he can sustain stuff or not. And he's always been at such good jobs where we don't know if it's, it's just going to be, Hey, can the guy actually coach outside of FAU, which he's done a good job there, but FAU is in a very talent. It's a place where you can get a lot of kids into school in a very talent rich portion of the country as is Ole Miss. Now, I'll say this. I don't know if Ole Miss is a top 10 job in the country, but it's definitely a top 20 job. Um, in terms I'd, of I think I'd agree with history, that. you know, atmosphere. Oxford's in Oxford's nice place. In, they say the game, the game day environment there is incredible. Um, the support you have from that administration, um, you know, I, I think that's a top 20 job in college football. Obviously, recruiting hotbed down there. There's a lot of recruits that come out of that area of the definitely. country. Um, so <laughs> will he be six? I, I don't know. I think it's, it's going to make Ole Miss football interesting. Um, but, but who knows? So I think it's going to be like just this m- movie or like a car accident that you just kind of can't stop looking at. Like, you know, you just see it happening and you could see it coming and you're not going to look away because it's just like, it's also mildly exhilarating and entertaining. <laughs> right. And that's probably a really morbid way to put that. But in my mind, I don't see Lane Kiffin working out and maybe he'll may- make me eat my words, but I just, I don't know what makes you want to go to the sec where you're going to have to compete with these powerhouses, especially if you're a guy like Lane Kiffin, you know, his track record shows me that he's a three years and out type of guy. Like I just, he, that long. he couldn't find success at USC and that was in the pac 12 when you had no one else to compete with. I don't know. I, I think it's, I think he's paid his dues. I think it'll be better, but I hope, I hope in a it job works like out, that, I guess, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I will say this. He does get to deal with some of the sickest uniform combos in all the college oh, football. The those, powder blue helmets. Oh my gosh. The powder blue helmets with the red jerseys when they wear those are yeah. so sick. Yeah. Now, moving on, just other SEC, um, Arkansas hires Georgia offensive line coach and associate head coach Sam Pittman. I didn't even know Sam Pittman was a human being. He's a pretty interesting guy if, if you, you know, what do you Google know about him. him? What do you know about him? Um, outside of he's very well thought of in SEC circles. Um, to me, if you just go and, and, and if you want to enjoy yourself, Google just – Go to YouTube and type in Sam Pittman. Uh, he's a guy who's just notorious for, you know, he'd be in a lot of Kirby Smart's videos in the corner, and he's a guy who's always sitting there and going, yes, sir, 
Like, just, <laughs> you know, it to me, it feels like Arkansas tried to find their Ed Ordron, a guy who fits in to their culture, to what they're going to do. Arkansas is a job, though, who has a lot – it has a lot of inherent risks and problems for being in that league and that part of the country. Don't get me wrong. We've seen really good Arkansas teams in our day, and there have been really good Arkansas teams. But at the same time, Arkansas is, what, the fifth best job in the SEC West, maybe? Yeah, that's that's probably about right. Fifth or sixth? Yeah, that's probably about right. And it's also a team that plays – that doesn't even have a home stadium – I think they play three games a year in Fayetteville, two games in Little Rock, and one game somewhere else. So, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, that's that's their deal. But it, I, I don't know. Arkansas struck out on four or five candidates, and this is where they are. And, and maybe it will work out. I think we've seen your, – your head coach, we see a lot of this, you know, in his coaching carousel is we're going to hire Chad Morris, you know, to be our head coach. He was an offensive guru at Clemson. Or we're going to hire Cliff Kingsbury or all these people – who come in who are, you know, these are gurus, you know, crazy offensive or defensive minds. And sometimes those guys in their best role are play callers. Yeah. Their best role is is be a play caller and designing that offense. It's not where you look at leader of the pack. Yeah, it's not sitting over and, and think of a Kirk Ferentz type or Matt Campbell or even Dabo or Nick Saban who don't get me wrong, they're very involved in the game plan and what the direction of the program and direction of the game plan is going to do. But overall, like they are, I'm trying to think of a, a good term. I mean, they're CEOs. Yeah, they're they're CEOs. That's exactly what they are. They're really good at putting pieces together, developing a recruiting strategy. You know, developing a fundraising strategy. You know, things and like this. And then letting their letting their people go to work. And letting yeah, and and hiring a really good staff and making sure that staff is you know singing from the same hymnal. And not only this, but going like touching on some of those great coaches. Like, let's talk about the Nick Sabans and Dabo Sweeney's of the world. They're turning like turnover rate with those coaches is so high because everyone's coming after them because they're like, well, he's right. going to be part of this coaching tree, and like the fact that these guys can sustain, excuse me, sustain success like that, right? It is seriously just a testament to how effing good they are at their job, right. you know? Right. So to me, this hire, don't wrong. Everybody wants who's the hot coordinator, and I who's sorry, not, group of not five to coach? interrupt you. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, I would definitely say Arkansas is six out of six in the SEC West in terms of job. Yeah. Don't you think, like, LSU, Alabama, Auburn. Yeah. Like, those are all better jobs. A&M and Mississippi State. Yeah. I, okay, so it's seven. It's in last place in terms of quality job in that in that division. Right. I think the only, the only team that you might place below them in terms of quality of jobs, maybe Vanderbilt, and every other team in the SEC – Probably a better job than Arkansas, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I w- I would put Missouri up there right now. So yeah, that's probably true. I I yeah, I'd I'd let you call Even it a tie. Mercy's, I'd like you. Missouri I'd let you call it a tie. Missouri has had more success recently. Yeah, but Missouri, in terms of their job statuses, that is not a university that is thriving right now, athletically or academically. So I don't close. know if if you've been paying attention to a lot of that. Um, I guess Missouri's another SC open. We can just move into that one if we want. They have not filled that yet. No, they haven't. Or wait, did Eli Drinkwitz? Oh, yeah, yeah, Eli yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, from yeah, App, State, App yep. State. What do you think of that? He was only there for a year. Yeah, that's the interesting part. Like, he's not – he wasn't playing his – he wasn't playing his recruits. No. Um. Yeah, so he's been Satterfield – Scott Satterfield's head man there at App State for a long time from – what, as far as much as I, I haven't researched him very thoroughly. So, Drinkwitz has been considered a rising star coaching world ever since he came up high school ranks. Just let App State 
uh, with high school ranks with Malzahn. Just let App State Sunbelt title. Hard to know how much credit Drinkwitz deserves for it. But he inherited a program that Scott Satterfield built. Was he on the where how long was he on the staff there at App State before? Uh that does it doesn't say. From, from what I read, I think it was just last year. Like he was the head coach. Or Find you mean out. like I to me, here's the deal. Is it is it Craig Bowl or is it Chris Kleiman? Um, it goes that that is a program that Scott Satterfield built has been building for a long time, and that, that App State program's always been good back to when they were in an FCS program. I don't know if you ever remember, they had a run of FCS national championships. They beat Michigan when they were an FCS school. I remember them beating UNI in an FCS national championship while I was in high school. So that's a really good program. You know, don't me wrong, he kept them to where they were supposed to be, and, and, and I don't know very much about the guy. Iowa State tie you could maybe consider. He was on the coaching staff for the 2010 National Championship under Gene Chizik. Really? So that's where the Malzahn tie comes yeah. from? Um, yeah. So in um, – let's see. This is just kind of a big roundabout ways, and we're apologize for this. Drinkwitz was hired by App State on December 13th of 2018, previously okay. OC for NC State. Coached Auburn, Arkansas State, Boise State, Arkansas State. Really? Arkansas State, I believe, was part of the Malzahn part. Right. And that's the other connection. But, yes, he was at Boise State and then went to App State um, on December 8th. 20, 2019, sources reported that he is in final negotiations to become next head of football coach at the University of Missouri. So, had a lot of good stops, obviously, things like that. I don't know enough to say whether it's a good or – Good or a bad hire, I don't think Barry Odom probably should have been fired after three years and and having a moderate level of actually a pretty decent level of success in four years um, there. You know, I think they had a couple. They've been above five hundred almost every year and have had a couple eight win seasons sprinkled in. So I don't know mm-hmm. what Missouri's realistic expectations are. I'm I'm going to be interested to see what sort of coaching changes come down for the the positions that aren't open yet, like. Will it be time? Like, does Harbaugh step away? Does Does Gundy take a different job? Does Gundy step away? I don't, I don't think, think he Gundy's Gundy going does now. now. Gundy won't now, but does Harbaugh step away? Does Harbaugh is the one that I I think could be starting to get a little itchy after the way they got their asses pounded against Ohio State. There's going to be a lot of I think pretty good NFL openings this year. Carolina is one that comes to mind already. Um, you know, so I could see him fitting in. In that deal pretty well. Yeah, I heard a rumor for a her- uh, head coach for Carolina, but I can't remember who I heard. Um, anyway, it's not really – doesn't really matter, obviously, because yeah. it doesn't stick with me. But, um, you know, Mike Norvell officially gets hired as Florida well. Florida State. Yeah, Florida State, which we all we all saw coming from a mile and, and away. If anyone has He's not even coaching in the bowl game either. Okay. Well, that that's typically how it goes, though. These guys well, – Scott Frost did what three years ago he did. Right. But it's really important for these guys to go and, you know, secure what recruits you have in your class already as well as, you know, really get a head start on recruiting. Because recruiting is 90% of college sports anymore. Let's call spade a spade here. Yeah. Yeah. And and speaking of um, some of these um, coaching trees and the way that they work with, you know, guys like Clemson or Dabo at Clemson, yeah. um, his one of his co-offensive coordinators got a head coaching gig here. It's, uh, saw that as well. With USF. Um, Chad Morris was hired by Malzahn, I saw. Yeah, I saw that you to be talk about two offensive gurus, like right there. Um, at Auburn, so that'll be interesting. Uh, what is it? I'm, and I think Matt I, I think Luke it, Matt Luke got hired by Georgia. So like, the SEC just continues to have coaching trees that don't branch. So yeah, and I, I think you already touched on this, but like, why is it that 
you know, Chad Morris can't succeed at Arkansas and then gets a head coaching gig at one of the. He didn't. He got an offensive. Or, excuse me. I'm sorry. An offensive coordinator position at a essentially a competing SEC school. Like that's just that's so wild. How you can't run a program that really just needs you to win five games, but they're going to come in and trust you with the perennial nine win program, yeah, and you're going to run the offense. Look at the offenses he ran at Clemson, though. You know. I, yeah. I mean, dude knew what he was doing. So I had a man. I saw an epic tweet about. Um, you know, I'm trying to find this a second. Oh, maybe I can't find it, but it was something to the degree of Orgeron was. Oh, time is a flat circle. Yeah, I time is that. a flat circle. Orgeron was the interim coach after Lane Kiffin got fired at USC, who goes and gets that head job, right? Lane Kiffin goes, or and then I'm trying to think where it goes from there. Orgeron then goes goes there and becomes what the head coach at Ole Miss, right? Okay, here. Do you want me to read it to you? Yes. Um, Ole Miss head coach, or OM head coach. That's Ole Miss. Oh, Ole, Ole Miss head coach Ed Orgeron had assistant Hugh Freeze. Yep, there you go. Who became head coach of Ole Miss with assistant Matt Luke, while Orgeron became assistant for Lane Kiffin, who got fired and replaced by Orgeron, while Freeze got fired and replaced by Matt Luke, who got fired and replaced by Lane Kiffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember Ed Orgeron being the head coach of Ole Miss. Yeah, he was for three seasons. I'm pretty sure. Wow, and he got yeah. canned. Yeah, he was not. It wasn't. A, it was not a success. Yeah, he was a head coach at Ole Miss. Um, then I goes, do not and remember He's at that. USC. Um, when Kiffin gets canned, he's you know he's, he's interim. interim head coach yeah. there. Uh, goes to LSU. We goes through Miles the same thing. Canned. He's yes. interim head coach there. Gets the gig. Wild. Yeah. And now they're playing for a national champ. Well, That's soon wild. to be playing for a national championship. Who knows, man? Who knows? Yeah, this well, like like it was with Ohio State when they got in about what four years ago where they smoked Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship. Yeah. And then won the cha- won the title as a four seed. With Cardale Jones playing quarterback. Their third stringer. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Weren't we still in college? I think I think we were. Because yeah, that was a year I was a junior, I believe, because that was a year we had that TCU Baylor sixty one fifty eight barn burner. That probably keeps TCU out of the playoff. They lose to Baylor do, by three. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, sixty-one fifty-eight. That's crazy. Those teams were freaking loaded. So good. Yeah. So good. Trayvon Boykin. Yeah, Trayvon Boykin. I'm trying to think, who's the Baylor quarterback? Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty. Bryce yeah. Petty. Bryce Petty. Um, and just stud wide receivers everywhere. All kinds of athletes. I think like, the real unfortunate part about that Corey Baylor Coleman. team, the par- yeah. the part of that Baylor team, was that that was peak Art Bryles grossness. Oh, there was a lot of shit going on. Like, Sean Oakman was. Oh, Sean Oakman was terrifying. Yeah. yeah, it was a deal. Well, still terrifying. It's just all around bad, right. but yeah. Nonetheless, still uber talented football teams whether or not you want to read into the grossness but right um so that's kind of coaching carousel i guess um it, like i said it'll a lot be of stuff fun. that'll happen a lot of stuff that'll happen and i think in about two weeks it's going to be really fun Here's especially after the is, bowls even is tom manning um a candidate for some of these group of five jobs i mean See, john haycock maybe but i don't Akron, think at Akron? his age i don't think at his age he wants to go anywhere no he doesn't akron yeah or is brian ferentz a candidate for some of these jobs as well it's a good point you know um, it's funny for me. I start, you know, everyone for a long time thought Ferentz was the heir apparent, and that Daddy Kirk wanted to give Daddy Kirk wanted to give Brian, you know, that deal afterwards. Now they're starting to be. Um, I saw some. I think I saw some stuff from Scott Doctorman and Mike Haas. 
Kirk was off watching the Patriots game this weekend because James and a couple of other Iowa guys are playing there. Yeah. And had Phil Parker handle the reins at a, um, their press conference, their bowl game press conference. Phil Parker, long time defensive coordinator, uh-huh. defensive backs coach um, before Norm Parker passed away. And Dr. Min goes, a bit of foreshadowing here with Phil Parker, um, which, you know, they really don't. That, that's been the heart of that team and everything for a long time. And let's call a spade a spade here. I don't think anyone sees Brian ready to take that job. So, honestly, if Kirk is to retire in the next two or three years, that's probably, you know, as good of a placeholder as they can get. Sorry, I'm messing with that. Oh, I thought it was something clicking by him. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm worried something was list. starting to fire. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I would hope that for Brian Ferentz's sake. I mean, I, obviously, you'd want to take the reins from, from your dad. He hasn't earned him at this point. No, though. that's what I'm saying. Like, wouldn't you want to go like maybe practice once with like a group of five? Yeah, team? but what like, happens just if you go to a group of five school and you fall flat on your face? Well, Daddy's always got your back, right? <laughs> Gary Barta's always got his back. Call yeah, spade a spade. Exactly. But um, let's uh, let's move on from coaching carousel stuff here and. Uh, Maybe we ought to go into a little bit of our uh, calling each other out here on our predictions. And yeah. So, so here I'll just I'll lay it out a little bit. I re-listened to episode one. I'm not going to put any sound bites in because that'll take me way too long because I'm not a good editor just yet. Um, Dan practice makes perfect. Cole. Yeah, that's true. I'll tr- maybe I'll try here. <laughs> uh, I took the I notes. Can say it I, I'm not doing any of it. That's true. I wrote my predictions all down on one piece of paper, and I wrote Dan's predictions all down oh, you on did? one piece of paper. Well, yeah, that's oh. that's what I handed you, dum dum. Oh, I thought this was yours. Yeah, they are. I'm. I have yours over here. You're gonna. Oh. So what we're gonna do is Dan is gonna read my predictions to me, so I can hear them come out of someone else's mouth. So then I'll get to laugh at myself. Let Let's rotate. I w- I want to read like, I want to read like your. Like we'll go hot take for hot take, and then I'll give you your SEC champion. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. And we're gonna you go give right me through my it. Yeah, SEC we're gonna champion. go right, All right back I like through that. it. All right, I like that. Okay, so so Dan, why don't uh, why don't you um, read Paper Cole's uh, first hot take first? Because remember that we had five college football, and this is the way we did it. I I said yep. our I said the very first hot take when we did this. So start. What did, what's my first bullet Cole's point? first bullet point? Do do you have a do you have a ding 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 ready for this one? Uh, not on hand, right? But I will on the, on the, the Baylor finishes top three in the Big Twelve. Hey, where, hey, where, hey, look at that! That's a fire ass take right there, buddy. I got made fun of a lot for that, by the way. Well, really, it's just Kelly. Kelly, <laughs> and let's call a spade a spade here. Kelly's not the brightest bulb in the toolbox, and uh, he, oh, you're a dick. He, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He called me, and he he called me Colin Cowherd. He goes, Baylor's not finishing the top three, Cowherd. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> So yeah, well done, well done. Thank okay, you. thank you. Um, Dan's first hot take, um, which I think actually is a good one. Big Twelve Player of the Year is someone not named Jalen Hurts or Sam Ellinger. Oh, so you're, this is true. This, <laughs> this, is, this true. is true. Who's the Big Twelve Player of the Year? Juba Hubbard. Oh yeah, duh. Um, you also mentioned uh, Alan Bowman, um, who obviously was lost to injury. And uh, Charlie Brewer as backup plans, and Charlie Brewer actually is not stud. not half bad guess either. So He's a stud. that was your hot take. And then um, you went, we went basically like I said one, and then you said two, and then I said two. We kind of went back and forth. You know, we basically kicked the ball around like that. All right, all right. What am I reading you another one? Um, no, I'm I'm reading you your next one. All right. Um, this next one is actually maybe the best take out of all of them. I think. Okay. Personally, I think, but combined, I think this one's the best one. 
Tua will not will not win the Heisman. Not only that, he will not be the number one pick and will not declare for the draft. However, you got there via injury. Well, and I think I called him out just I think his durability was one of my big question marks. You did. That was season. that was a big conversation piece was that his durability was trash and well, here we are. Even I, my wife knows that his durability is trash. I think we see this a little bit though, and we've seen it with Mahomes a little bit this year, is Tua's first injury, you know, de- in Alabama playing him through that first injury when he wasn't 100%. You know, typically that's when you really get hurt is when you're not, you know, you're not 100% and you're compensated one way or another cuz this second injury there's talk that he may not go to the draft this year. I don't think he can. I he's got to get healthy first. Here, here's my deal: if he does, we're all fucked because I, it's going to be Bill Belichick taking Tua Tungovailoa with the thirtieth pick of the draft. Um, I've actually was reading a lot um, about that on my lunch break today. Um, Kuiper and McShay were answered like thirty some questions or whatever on ESPN, and um, they're projecting that the Dolphins are going to try to move up to pick him in the first round. They've got three of those first round picks, um, and they've got two second rounds. They're going to try to package two of those, or maybe those. Well, they've two done first too much winning here, so they can't get Burrow. What the fuck have they been doing? That's what happens with a coach like Brian Flores. What uh, what I saw okay, their pre- tell me t- I don't know a damn thing about Brian Flores. He's a defensive guy from the Patriots. Um, came down. Um, Basically, anything is an upgrade over Adam Gase because he is fucking horrible. Well, yeah, look at the Jets experiment. Oh, my gosh. They are about to ruin ruin Sam Darnold. He, like, Adam Gase had won a total of, like, 13 games as a professional head coach and somehow parlayed that into a pay raise at the Jets. Like, how does that happen? Because it's just a miserable franchise. Yeah. And what I think is going to happen is they'll draft – two offensive linemen and a cornerback in the first round, and then they'll go for some playmakers. Um, I think they're going to – that's what the Dolphins are going to do personally, but that's what I read was that they're going to move up, potentially move up to pick him. But I don't think – I'm with you. I don't think he declares even, so I, it'll be interesting. Or – but does say this, if he doesn't declare and has another injury if he comes back. He'll be a third rounder at that I point. I mean, at that point, man, yeah. we talk about just lost, lost opportunity, lost chances, just – Broken little Tua, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, moving on. Read me uh, Read me one. Um, Cole, also very good take here. LSU wins the SEC West. Oh, ding, 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 ding. And Dan killed you there, which I, I can believe that. I, I think I did. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Oh, what okay. are we going to do? Three yards in a cloud of dust? <laughs> okay, let's call a spade a spade here. <laughs> the Joe Brady hire was interesting because – Ed Orgeron in his first offseason did something that Les Miles never would have done, and that's hire a new offensive coordinator bring a new offensive system in. Regardless, I don't think we expected to see LSU's offense be the number one in the country, and I don't think no, we, we saw didn't see that Joe Burrow, who completed 56% of his passes last year, set the all-time NCAA completion record this season. Yeah, and I'll just be honest. That was a total shot in the dark by me, but I'm, I just predicted that at some point Alabama's going to have to falter. What? And they did? They did. Uh, granted, once again, I think I got there by injury, but there's still, I mean, hey, I think even if two is healthy, no. Joe Burrow's still winning yeah. the Heisman. So, granted, I didn't see that coming. Nobody in the country saw I that coming. I will say but. this from the game Saturday. There were times where just Burrow was on an entire different level from the rest of the teams he he's was He's so athletic. Well, it's, and that's one thing is, like, it's, it's, it's not just because he's a big white guy. 
Um, but like, there's points where you know he decided to tuck and run, and he's pulling away from Georgia defensive backs. It's, it's weird. He's fast too. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what what has happened. And you know the dude's gonna be a stud in the NFL because he's got a giant forehead. <laughs> Uh, we will use an example, Peyton Manning. That that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, so, I, and you know, a giant forehead. He does. He and Peyton's numbers eighteen. Joe's is nine. What's two times nine? It's eighteen. I mean, you can start to figure it all out right here. There you go. I I like it. I'm. Yeah. They're talking Joe Burrow going number one to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So, so going going back to Ohio. Yep. Ohio. Read me the next one. That's all right. Well, we, you had some other points. Um, Cole thought A and M could finish higher than Bama. LOL, I see. <laughs> yeah, and, we, we both were okay Dan with said that. Coach O would not eclipse less miles. I will say this now. If Coach O wins two more games this season, he will have eclipsed less miles. Yeah, but he's got to do that first. Right. But, um, yeah, so that that's also that's also part. Okay, so read that next major bullet point, and then you kick it back to me. And One loss, Oregon gets into the college football playoff. That was almost co- – that was they close. They are a season-opening – Loss against Auburn away. Uh, I that. disagree. I think it's the or or the Arizona State game that keeps nah, them you're out. Probably right. Easily, it's the Arizona yeah. State game because fucking Herm. You know the <laughs> the fighting Herms, baby. Yeah. Uh, obviously that they win the the Pac-12 championship. I mean, I had them. Mm-hmm. I had them covering the points there. I took them plus the seven. Um, it's pretty easy money. The weather was crap. Um, Utah's. Utah was not ready for that moment. Their quarterback was not very good that night. Um, Tyler Huntley was not prepared. Their defense actually played pretty well to keep them in the game I, most the, of the I time. I just think the moment was a little too big for Utah. Oregon, I don't really think so. Oregon players knew that that was their time. Yep. And it is really unfortunate that they had to drop that against Arizona State because I really think that the way that they played against Utah really would have given them a really big case to present over – for they, themselves they, over they Oklahoma. They would have been in. I, I, I think, think so. so. I, I think With so. the way they played against Utah yeah. um, and then the way Oklahoma played against Baylor, I don't think that there's any reason they wouldn't have been. Yeah. But, you know, the, the committee has shown us that we're wrong a lot anyways. So right. Um, so not a, not a terrible take. Yeah. I, I, I won't make you drink for that one. No, well, so. I'm going to drink anyways. Um, so I, I thought I had a couple good ones in there. Um, you had a bad one. Granted, hindsight's twenty twenty because we now know what Ohio State is, but you said no Big Ten team in the playoff, and I also agreed with you. <laughs> we also did not realize what Justin Fields was going to be, so no. bad on us. But yeah, but you had made some really good points in it. You said there had not been a Big Ten team in the field for, I think, three years prior to that, and then yeah. the last one that did make it in was Michigan State, and they scored zero points. That's not going to happen this year, but the point being, you had a good – you had good – Footing to stand on, it just slid out from underneath of you within about right. the first four games of the year. I didn't expect Ryan Day to come out and set all kinds of records. No, in everything in his first year as a head coach ever. Um, so credit him, credit Ohio State for doing a lot of good stuff. But I, I just figured they'd lose a couple down the stretch. Yeah, and they got close Saturday for a hot minute. Oh so. man, I really thought I actually actually thought they were going to lose, but yeah. um, and I had them plus or minus the sixteen and a half, and they only won yeah. by thirteen, which was a real bummer. So no cover, but that's fine. Um, and then your last one, I think you just ended up having one more than me. You had five. Um, no, you've got one more here. Oh, do I? Yeah. Okay, so I'll read your last one here, and then we'll uh, kick it back to you quick. Uh, <laughs> this one's funny. Two lost team in the playoff. <laughs> we were not that far away. We. <laughs> No, I said, we weren't technically multiple, and you said multiple one-loss teams in the college football playoff. Also close because we could have had Oregon. I think, I think and my Oklahoma. hot take was is that we weren't going to have 
we were going to have a non-Power 5 team. Oh, I yeah. I think that's what it was. It was There was a chance we were going to have a non-Power 5 team in the playoff, or it would be a two-loss Power 5 team, or something like that is what we were we'll, going to see. We'll get to that later. And we because were not I that, that far away. We weren't, but we weren't super close either. So I will say this. After – I literally had two brothers that were arguing – before the Georgia – okay, at, when OU and Clemson go to overtime, which it was not an impressive outing from either team. And honestly, you know why that was? is because both defenses looked very good. Um, and that's my opinion. And those defenses both are very good, I think. Yeah. Um, but neither team looked extremely impressive. But regardless – and then I literally had two brothers that said, there's no way Oklahoma gets in over Georgia, even if Georgia loses – like you're gonna take a two-loss Georgia team that has a loss to four and four wins. Nate and Micah were saying South that. Carolina. Oh yeah, yeah. Just all-time bad takes. Guys, come on. And then, come on. <laughs> regardless, gets beat by 27 in their championship game. I mean, come on. Anyway, so yeah, your last take was Ohio State or Michigan will not win the Big Ten East. Ooh, ooh, you said Penn State. Yeah. It's kind of similar to my my last. Yeah, take that's spoiler. that's true. I was we really didn't have anything that was too off the. There wall was nothing there. that there was a couple very good takes. The Adrian um, Martinez. Oh, maybe I skipped you, you that. Got, one. You got to wait a little while for that one. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 But I gotta wait for that one. Well, okay, I? we go right into. It. Okay, I think we had a sleeper. Because I think I skipped one here on accident. Actually, because oh, your your hot take one was I, I skipped that one on accident. Um, you said Adrian Martinez would be the offensive MVP of the Big Ten and the Player of the Year. That might be the worst take. That one is probably the worst one. But again, we did not see Scott Frost being like that. But then, um, that actually plays really well into our next um, segments here with sleeper, gone coach, Heisman, and overrated. Um, were the next four things that we covered in that uh, in that segment. So why don't we jump into that? Who did I say was an overrated program at the beginning of the year? You're a fucker. You know that. What, it is, what does it say? You said the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. <laughs> Bingo! Adrian Martinez can suck a fat one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I so, don't even think he'll be starting quarterback next so, year. So I hit that one. That was, that's a, uh, again, a that's shot a in the dark. But I, that was a yeah. dinger. But um, I will say this. At, at least a ground rule double. Yep. So. Um, you also had two really good ones, too. You predicted their records a little wrong. Um, actually, I think you hit Michigan right on the head. You said they'd be 9-3, and three, and you called them overrated, and I think that's exactly what they are is 9-3. and three. Fair enough. Um, Texas, you also called them overrated, but you had them at 9-3. and three. Oh. So still, you're two, you, I think you might have had them beaten Iowa State at some point, too. I think you're probably right. So the fact that you called Texas overrated that early, and I had them in the effing college football playoff, which we will get into later. Also, um, Dan, who did I have as some sleeper teams? Uh, Big Ten. Are you just calling these out because you know which ones you had right? No, I'm going to read yours next because you had some good ones too. Uh, The Big Ten, Wisconsin, predicted a big bounce back year. I think we saw saw that. I mean, they were a – It was all about Nebraska and Iowa, man. It was all about Nebraska and Iowa. Yeah, they were a, a hair's length away from potentially being the Big Ten champions. So Close. Um, Your Big Ten sleeper team was here's a real big ding, ding, ding. Minnesota, the Golden Gophers. The Gophers. The Gophers. Yeah, good one on that one. That one close. was that one was fire. Your Big Twelve team was um, a little rougher around the edges. You had Texas yeah, Tech. I Texas Tech. I was Tech. really high on Texas Tech earlier. That's okay. Year, I understand though. I'm Matt Wells is that team's going to be good next year. I think. I think right. we can all. I think we can all book that one. So, well, Jet Duffy will be a junior. Well, Bowman will be healthy, hopefully, finally, yeah. and he'll get hurt six weeks later and <laughs> get an absolutely massive concussion. Yeah, or puncture a fucking lung or something like Rupture that. Rupture his spleen. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and then your you had a couple gone coaches, and I believe I only had one. Your gone coaches, you said Mike Gundy, but um, God rest his soul. This was before we learned about T Boone Pickens. Yeah, isn't that fucked up? Like your school, your school's biggest boner. Dang it! Dang it! Freudian slip right there. I tell you what, Freudian slip. Your school's biggest donor in history. Dies and all of a sudden Mike Gundy's like, you know what? I'm gonna do. Well, that's gonna be my best coaching job in probably the last ten years. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of prayers up, uh, you also called the Catholic coach Brian Kelly. You said he'd be gone for an NFL job. Could potentially it, still happen. It, yeah, I agree. I agree. So, so good one. So, uh, what? Are, who's my gone coach? Uh, Jim Harbaugh. I think it's one I mentioned as well in the first episode, but you and I kind of agreed on Harbaugh. You, yeah. you didn't, yeah, you didn't push back on me in that one. I don't know much sure about that. I, I think once again, he's going to get way too much rope. He'll get to stick around. Um, when he's kind of the golden boy, he loses to Ohio state again, but I think everybody who's smart can just see that there's nobody that can compete with Ohio state at the moment. There are really probably only about two teams that can beat Ohio State, and I truly think that it's Clemson and LSU are the only two that can compete. Well, Alabama, but, I mean, when they're on top of things. But, I mean, yeah. it's call, call what they had. They had a, a down year, and we're still one of the five best teams in the country. I, so. I think so. I really do. I think their defense— I don't want to get in this because we do this every year with Saban or Belichick when they drop a couple games. or not every. It's about every five years with Saban, um, but every year with Belichick is when they drop a couple games, you know, things like that. This is the end of the dynasty. Here it's happening. It's the end of it. Well, guess what? It's not. No, it's not. And I'm not thinking that. They'll probably win a title next year. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dan, um, who did I have as the Heisman winner? I, I think we were both kind of on par on this. Yes, we. we had, I think we had the same one, we had didn't we? Tua, Tua or Trevor. Tua or Trevor, and you... You were pretty high on Trevor. I think he probably would have won it if he didn't have such a shit-ass first seven games. I, yeah, I think his first five or six, I mean, it, Clemson and, and everybody had kind of written Clemson off to a degree. Well, they were playing first, like shit. They almost got yeah. beat by North Carolina. Right, 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 right. But yeah. they didn't. Um, gosh. Harken back to a time where Trevor Lawrence lit the world on fire in last year's playoff. Um, no one's saying it can't happen again. You know? That's very Is true. there a defense in this playoff as good as Alabama's was last year? Um, Ohio State would be the only one close. Ohio, yeah, Ohio State's the only one close. Um, Oklahoma's defense, when it's clicking, can be pretty good. But they don't have the freaks. No, like, they don't. Like um, the only Alabama one on the, the only freak on their team is Kenneth Murray, and Kenneth Murray is a freaking beast. Um, the number 12, I don't remember his first name, Fields, he's their strong safety, I believe. He's really good as well. Um, those, two, those two kids will probably play on Sundays, but – I, I agree. There's not a team that has a defense like Alabama's from last year. It's This is going to be a very fun college football playoff to watch because there will be an absolute shitload of points scored. I think so. Just a ton. Over, under, over, under in the first round. Um, over, well, over or under 180 points combined between the two games over. in the first round. Over? Yeah. Because that, that basically means you're saying each team is basically scoring 45 points. Well, I won't say it's going to be that high, but I saw that the over-under for the LSU-Oklahoma game was 75.5. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd take the over on that one, for sure. I think 180 is probably a little steep. We'll probably drop that down to, like, 160. It's probably a better bet. Yeah, 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 probably there. Yeah. 150, 160. Yeah. Um, call it 155.5. There you go. Um, Dan so. set the over. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, so I don't think anybody here saw Joe Burrow, who we didn't. once again completed 56% of his passes last year. Think about that. That's like Nate Stanley going from his typical statistics and having a year like Burrow did this year. That's, that's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Has there ever been a, a player that's improved like that one season? Um, that is an absolutely fantastic question. Um, come delicious. recent memory. I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you. I'll have to look that one up. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know. I would say no, but, um, so yeah. So then we can get into our, uh, conference calls here. Um, you had Bama winning the sec, which I think barring some injuries, injuries, I think that one's probably a hitter. Um, Clemson winning the ACC, Ohio state winning the big, t- big 10, OU winning the Big 12, and a real doozy here, Washington taking the Pac-12. Five loss, Washington. Five. <laughs> That's okay, though. <laughs> Wait, I, and look at that one. Chris Peterson stepping down, Dude, too. you were – oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. yeah, we didn't touch on Chris Peterson at all. But, uh, yeah. dude, you were three of five. That's pretty good. Right, right. That's good. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty good. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I'm pretty so, awesome. So, Cole, Cole had Georgia – Winning the SEC, having beating LSU in the championship game, got close. You, I, hey, you had the right teams. Um, ACC, you had Clemson versus nobody. Uh, the the I ACC think I called Miami at the, one point. The SEC Coastal was not going to even bring in, you know, a representative. Um, Penn State over Wisconsin had Wisconsin in right. Texas over Iowa State. Oops. <laughs> That's a big. Th- that's the guy thumbs down emoji. Just. <laughs> and Oregon over Utah, and your Ooh. college football playoff was Clemson, Georgia, Texas, and Oregon. So, you know, really the ball bounced in a couple different ways. It was not that far off, but hey, man, uh, kind of had to spill a couple hot takes there to sound, you know, to to get it rolling here. And I- overall, I'm surprised by how good some of these are, to be honest. So, well, I think it. I really though you and I are super obsessed with this shit, you know. I mean, I any free time I've got, I'm looking at ESPN or CBS Sports or whatever I can get my hands on if I've got free time. And I know you're the same way. I mean, you're forwarding me links all the time. Hell, you're forwarding me, you know, news that's breaking off of Twitter more than I like faster than I ever even get to see it. And I think I've got more free time than you. Yeah, you've got a lot more free time. So than I do. like, that's you know we we kind of eat and breathe and sleep this stuff and it's just fun, you know? So I'm not surprised that we're this, this not good. I don't want to use the you term. Were, you good. were going to say, I'm not surprised we're this good. You no, I'm that. surprised. I'm surprised we were this accurate. I think that's a better word. Accurate. I will like, say, I love the, the fact that you predicted Minnesota. And I also love the fact that you predicted Texas tech at the same time. as the <laughs> I love that. The two Oh one for me, like that's the one that's almost like a little bit too specific, <laughs> like three things. He will not win the Heisman. He will not be the number one draft pick. That was like pretty dirty. That was pretty like, dirty. That was pretty specific. I'm not gonna lie. For and for the fact that it still was there. all pretty much correct is yeah. impressive as hell. Yeah. So uh, good for you. I like I I was a little bit more vague with some of mine. Um, I mean, one loss Oregon getting in is probably one of my just probably the most scalding one. Right. Looking back at it. Um, but not that far away. Once no, again. really, but. It's just luck. It just comes down to luck. You just you predict the ball bouncing one way. Next year we're gonna do this. Um, you know, week zero we're gonna make these predictions, and I bet you we are wrong on everything. Yeah, hot hot take is your four playoff teams next year. Oh, oh, right now, the, uh, right the, now. the way too right now, right now, way um, too early. Yeah, you're way too early. Top twenty five and go. <laughs> uh, my playoff teams next year. Um, I will predict it's Georgia 
winning the SEC. Um, is Fromm a senior? Fromm's a senior. Yeah. No. Pretty sure no. Fromm's a senior. Yeah, you're right. He'll be a junior. So whether or not he, he might declare for the draft, I don't I think, think he's, he's a senior. I'm pretty sure Fromm's a senior this year. Wasn't just two years ago he was just a freshman in the playoffs. Oh, no. fuck, you might be right. So he's he'll be a senior next year. Okay, so I got Georgia. Um, I'll take – I'll take I'll take Ohio State again. Ohio State's turning this thing into something here. Um, and I'm going Clemson because Trevor will be back and yep. he'll be on a burn the world tour. And right. then I'll take. Well, I think if he's not one of the Heisman next year, I mean, something, yeah. something wild's gonna have to happen. Um, and I'll bounce a weird one in there. How about? I wanted to say Okie State really bad right there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Herbert's gone. That's true. Okie State could be pretty – I mean, Mike Gundy thinks Chuba – It's not going to be Texas. I think Tom Herman gets fired next year. Mike Gundy said Chuba. He thinks Chuba will be back. Actually, Okie State – I mean, hot take nation here. Spencer Sanders will be back. Okie State, Kansas State could be the favorites to win the Big 12 next year. Um, I think based on just the fact that it's OU is OU, well, maybe Lincoln Riley goes to Carolina. Or, no, he'll get the Cowboys. He'll take the Cowboys job before he takes the Carolina job. Yeah, that's true. Or what we could see is this Urban Meyer to the Cowboys thing. Could be that is such a bad fit. I, I know, but it would be awesome. Well, that's like, another. That's the Lane so much Kiffin drama. thing again. Like, it's, just, yeah. it's, a, it's a car accident that you can't look away from. I know, but it would be wildly entertaining. It would be pretty cool. Who's your – okay, way too early, college football playoff. Bama, Clemson. I don't think a Big 12 team is going to make it. Okay, I can dig that, actually. Yeah, I, we said that this year, too, and we were pretty close to it not happening. Um, Bama, Clemson. We'd be pretty stupid to pick against Ohio State at this point. It's a problem. This Stuff this early, though, I mean, you get, yeah. you get trapped into the usual um, suspects. And, and, and once again – this is where the conversation we had this year, if my brothers were trying to campaign for a two-loss Georgia team, is this is why playoff expansion is not necessary. You know, if we have an eight-team playoff, you're talking about a Georgia team that had just got lit up by 30 in its conference championship game would be in the playoff, right? You're talking a Baylor team who would have lost to Oklahoma twice would be in the playoff. Um, I, I'm trying to think who else out there. Memphis, you know, I, if anything, I think a group of five champion like Memphis is more deserving to be in it than those teams. You know, I, that's just me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I think what it should be is I th- I'm for expansion, but I'm for expansion in one way. It's six teams. Yeah. And it's cut the bullshit. No more of this committee. You win your conference title game, you're in. Yeah. Highest – and then you're, and then, and then maybe the committee can do one team. They no, get it I think at large it's, I bid. think at that point it's your highest ranked group of five champion. Okay. Yeah. Have at it, Memphis. Have at it, UCF. You know. You guys want to go play the number one seed in Bama or Clemson? Let's let's. Thing see. is, football is such a different game, though. Like one game, things like that are not out of the realm of possibility. You can have the right kind of game plan and personnel matches up the right way and go in, out and do it. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. That's that's how I think the expansion needs to happen. But I'm I'm honestly kind of just okay with four teams right now. Yeah. Truthfully, I don't. I mean, hate we're it. gonna see. I think we're don't wrong. We're gonna see times where a really good team is left out. But more often than not, we're we're left in a position this year where 
man, we could have had a three team. We could have had a, th- a three team playoff with a bye pretty easily here, and no one would have battered an eyelash. I think that truthfully, out of all, what have we seen this? We've, we've seen the playoff now for five years. Is that right? Yeah. I think they got it. They got it totally right this time this around. This year, yeah, it I, is. I it is a hundred percent correct. There are no. Well, you, what else were they going to do? No, nothing. <laughs> it was made up for them. Exactly, and that's perfect. And that's, that's why, why right. college football is awesome. Because guess what? Every week is a playoff. It is every week. This is what happens, Alabama, when you play when Iowa State, Missouri Southern Tech on week twelve. Yeah, or or when Iowa State, you know, loses their second game. Guess what? You're eliminated from the playoff. Like it doesn't matter. Like it, this is why college football is so awesome because regular season means so. The much. playoffs start on week one. Yeah, they really do. They if, really do. If you want to, if you want to go to the postseason, you have to win your games. You just have to. There's yeah. no, there's no if ands or buts about it. Right. Um, so that being said, um, now Cole's locks and Cole's betting segments is kind of going to take a downswing and, uh, at least in terms of football, but, um, those of you that have been following us on Twitter, I had a little bit of a fun stretch with some NBA action. Uh, I had a hot start to about my first 14 bets I had in the NBA last week. Um, Monday through Thursday, I went 12 and O on my bets and I finally dropped uh, one game, um, I think on Thursday last week, I ended up 13-1 and one on my bets and then had two more on Saturday or Sunday, and I think I went 1-1 one and one on those as well. Uh, so overall, I am 14-2, I believe. What's that NBA put you bets. at on your your season record? Just I don't, I'd, have to, I'd have to look. I, I'd have to go through okay. it. For, I mean, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but when you're on a hot streak like that, how much money are you putting on a game? I'm, five, ten bucks? Five bucks. I don't ever get carried away. Yeah. I, like, that's what I was doing um, early in the year. I got down. I was up a little bit of money after the first two weeks, and like, not like I got cocky, but I started putting more money in, and then I'd lose this game, and then I'd lose another game, and then I'd try to put a little bit more money in to like, make the money back, and then I'm sitting there thinking like, this is how gambling addictions are formed, isn't it? Yeah. And so then I started reading, like, how to, like, literally just Googled how to be a professional better. <laughs> well, I literally, that's all I did. And so I read some stuff. You can stuff. learn anything on the internet these yeah, days. Yeah, I read some stuff, and one of the biggest things I took away from it was when you have a sports book, like, let's say you run it like a business, you have $1,000, and that's your your money. That's your pool you get to pick from. A, a sports better or a sports gambler never bets more than um, one or two percent of his total bankroll, hmm. and so I had five hundred as a balance. I never bet more than five dollars on a game. The most I would do would be like twenty bucks on a six-team teaser. That's all I'd ever do. And uh, so yeah, so I, I think had I had I had the opportunity to actually parlay all those games together, those odds would have been like, those odds would have been enormous. I probably could have won like ten grand. Why didn't you do it? Because you can't on the can you imagine on the betting side? I can you I, imagine what ten thousand dollars worth of advertising would have done for us? Well, we would have gotten from thirty listeners to thirty-two listeners. That's what would have happened. Yeah. Um. But no. So I had a little bit of a hot streak there with uh with with the NBA action, and um, I'm gonna try to give some basketball locks. I don't know college basketball as well, but I, there's really no method to the madness. NBA is actually really easy to make money on because the good teams are gonna beat the bad teams way more often than not. And I think part of the reason I got some of these these games early that's in this why season. That's why Kawhi and these guys sitting out random games really kind of fucks the whole system. Yeah, that's true. But I got some of these random games early. Like, one of the games I won early was the Lakers went to New Orleans and were a four-point underdog. 
as an 18 and three team going on the road to a to a place that a team had only won eight games all year. Well, that's kind of dumb. And they were a four point underdog. Yeah. I like you just find it's you just literally have to find the head. Well, and there's lines. enough games every night where it, you can probably find a couple of them you like. I did have a really fun one that I I had uh, Milwaukee covering. 18 points against New York Knicks, and that one hit. <laughs> 18 points in a basketball game. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, so there were a couple ones like that. But the ones I've lost this year have been the ones where I'm taking the underdog, like at plus four, the the favorite plus four, and then they're only losing by three or winning by three. Those are the ones that have screwed me up. Well, what really fucked you is picking the Timberwolves to do anything. No, I, they, I think I'm one and one on the Timberwolves against the spread. Yeah. So we're good. We had a glimmer of hope there. Andrew Wiggins went off for like 30 in nine straight games, and things were looking up, and – now nah, they're slowly falling back to earth. Although Lizzo apparently is—is is this a female rapper, Lizzo? Is that am I pronouncing that well, correctly? I'm in great till they gotta be great. <laughs> apparently has a big crush on on Carl Anthony Towns, so Cat. that's the thing. Yeah, Lizzo's good. She's very talented. They would have some very large children. Very large children, but they would be so goddamn athletic. Is she, is she pretty athletic? I don't. I have I don't no know. idea. Okay. I just have to assume that she's an offensive lineman. Oh, Jesus Christ! That was mean. I'm sorry. You're a dick. Um, so yeah, so uh, we will get some Cole's locks on some basketball here. So everyone, please stay with me. I'm going to study a lot. I'm going to try to give you some good bets, um, NBA, college basketball, um, and then maybe some NFL stuff. I'll, I'll dive into the NFL a little bit here. In which, speaking of the NFL, fantasy football finals round, Pitts, Dirty Mike and the boys against, what's your team name? Mike Vick in a box. Mike Vick in a box. We're going head-to-head. Well, is this a second straight year? Yeah, I think so. Actually, I think it's like three out of the last four years we've played each other. So, two-week two week playoffs, PPR Shout-out shout to you, Shinker. You had a valiant effort, but you couldn't get her done. Shout-out to you, Kelly. Eat my dust. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's put a little wager here. Let's do a little friendly action. Aren't, aren't we already? I've already? What do you mean? I've already put money into this league twice. No, but just between you and me, though. So it'll be that'll be our slap bet for the week. Okay. So how about this? Um, we, do we have a two week championship though? Yeah. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll do it week by week. So whoever uh, it'll be three it'll be three stages of it. So whoever wins this first week in terms of points, and then whoever wins the next week, and then whoever wins overall. Does that make sense? So there's three. There's so we're gonna bet three times on this well it'll just be the same bet so it's just a shot we're just gonna bet a shot oh okay so at the next episode we record if if i win the point total you take a shot okay and then the very next week that we record if if you win the point total i take a shot and then basically whoever won the matchup that next week right that other person takes an extra shot i feel like every year that i i do really well in this fantasy team i don't actually ever draft a good team I thought like, mine was horrible. My team usually, you know, is kind of like shit the bed the first four or five weeks, but I'm able to like pick up some like some guys' leftovers and like put together something and like have one guy that decides he's going to go. Like Mike Thomas goes off every week. I'm going to be honest. I was going to get, and Kelly was going to give me an all time fleecing early in the year. I was going to offer him, get this, I shit you not. I did not want any of those Cowboys players on my team. I didn't want Dak, I didn't want Zeke, and I did not want Amari I remember Cooper. you consulting me on this trade. He offered me Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, and Antonio Brown, and I was so close to pulling the trigger. Oh, my. That would have been an all-time failure. Yeah, like, he, j- Kelly just about got one on me. And obviously, knowing— Can you imagine the—oh, how the tide tables have turned. Oh, how the turntables— 
Yeah. <laughs> so I got lucky on that one. I didn't pull the trigger. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, for once, I'm smart enough to get out of my own way from being a dumbass. So that's you know got that going for me. Right. Um, so would you like to wrap up the show here with uh, one final topic, and we can talk a little bit about Cyhawk Week and okay. the Iowa State basketball team. Okay. What do you think? How are you feeling? I thought that the Seton Hall win, the Cyclones, looked very good late and very bad early. I, I want to put this out for the university here at first. That first 11 minutes and 47 seconds of basketball was quite possibly the worst 11 minutes and 47 seconds of basketball I've ever seen. On either side. Yeah. For Seton Hall. Seton Hall was just as bad. And both of these teams, don't get me wrong, what a weird scheduling thing just happened because the Big East, Big 12 champion just start. Big East, Big 12 challenge just started, the scheduling arrangement. And it just so happened that we're in this tournament at the Bahamas and Seton Hall's there. And they just had to, we had to lose the right way and they had to lose the right way for us to match up. And somehow we just had to get matched up with Seton Hall. And so what a fluke thing for that to happen. Um, but honestly, like both games, those two teams have played now have been a lot of fun. Like talk about two teams that just play off each other and are tough, you know, and very make plays. similar basketball just, teams. Yeah. And Seton Hall, man, I, I think Steve Prohm said it in that press conference afterwards. Like that was like an old school Big East game. That was like, you know, St. John's and Providence or Georgetown and, you know, whoever, like really physical, gritty, you know, Prentice Nixon, I mean, and Bolton and Halliburton are all over the floor. Um, Condit, I, I mean, just a fun couple of basketball games and just so much hustle. It was fun for me to see Iowa State can beat because up to this point, we've seen them play better defense. We've seen them like that and be hard-nosed, but they had yet to show, like, a good win out of it. Don't wrong, they lost to two very good teams um, at the Battle for Atlantis. Um, but this win, I, I think, was one they really needed for those young guys on the team and gave them some confidence going into it. Yeah, it was a must-win. Um, especially when a guy like Miles Powell can go off of that. He's but, he's awesome. He yeah. was incredible. Uh, I will. But say, if Nixon can can force Miles Powell to 19 points on 20 shots, I mean, I, I, he can guard anybody in the country. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I think Prentice Nixon is – one of the better defenders bulldog, we we man. have had since probably about Chris Babb. I think, I think honestly, I think he is more physical. Chris Babb was a great defender because he was an elite athlete. Yeah, and he was really long. Yeah, um, you know, guy had he was six six with a seven foot long you know wingspan. Um, Prentice Nixon is not that guy. Is he six? I mean, he's six foot on a good day. Six maybe six one six two. Yeah, he's not a large man, but he is. I mean, he is tougher than hell, and he is physical. And have you seen a guy take more charges or attempted charges than he has? Yeah, you, you just know, like he is—he is like, don't wrong. I don't think he'll be this good of an offensive player, and he's not as big, but he is got a little bit of that Aaron Craft, like fuck you in him, you know? <laughs> yeah, I and I—I I will say this about our team: we are not afraid to pull the trigger on literally any shot from literally anywhere. But for some reason, those shots are just not falling right now. And, and we're not taking bad looks. I will say no. about the Seton Hall game, that back and forth, the way that the pace of the game was working out, we were taking some quick shots, some deep threes that we didn't need to be taking. One pass on the offensive end, shot goes up. Seton Hall takes it. One pass, shot goes up. And then we'd go back the other way and do it again. And that's one thing that about our team is we have to, we have to do a little bit more off-ball movement 
Now, I think in the second half, it adjusted and was actually pretty good in the second half. Yeah, they did. I know, do, they I know do you don't like to – I know you don't want to give Steve Proman any credit. That's not but true. the adjustments that were made in this basketball game, I think honestly was one of Steve's better in-game adjustments so what he's happened? ever had in his career. Um, there were three times, I remember in the first – what was it? This actually might have been right before halftime where Mike Jacobson had an open look for a three in the corner and missed all of them. Um Caleb Grill had a couple, or you know, just because we really started that driving kick game and got that going a little bit better, and then that high ball screen pick and roll action at about that, you know, about that 16 minute timeout came out, and I think there was four or five possessions in a row where we went with Tyrese and George and Tyrese and Solo and scored on five, four or five possessions in a row. Is it not recording me? Oh no, you're not talking. <laughs> I only saw one line there, and I realized, <laughs> oh fuck, that's because Cole didn't say anything. But anyway, yeah, it's because all you do is talk. Yeah, but no, in the off the adjustments, you know, we got a little sloppy there at the end, trying to break their press. We didn't, you know, and Steve kind of fixed that up. But I thought that was as good of a coaching job as he's done in game in a long, long time. And the shots are going to fall. Okay, I'm stopping you. The shots I'm are going to fall. Stopping you. Shut up. I do want to give Steve credit, and I'll give you an example. I'm watching that game against Seton Hall, and there is an inbounds play, and I am the world's worst critic of his inbounds play calling. And he's pretty bad against breaking the press, and we saw that against Seton Hall because we turned the ball over on like four straight possessions and kind of let them hang around a little bit too close for comfort. Nonetheless, he had an inbounds play drawn up that was really simple. It was a pick and a guy sprinting to like the shallow baseline corner area and it was a very well-drawn-up play. The pass entered, and the guy had an open shot. And I went there, and I raised I raised my eyebrows, and I said, Steve, you can do it. Goodness gracious. I saw it. He knows what he's doing. He just, like, some of these inbounds plays he calls are just such garbage plays. Right. And he had a couple of them, so I'm going to agree with you. In-game coaching this time around, he knew what he had to do to get these guys to rally, and he did it. So... Okay. Um, there's the credit. I just gave him credit. Hot take nation here. Will Steve's coaching get better? Get better? I, I no. And this this is an easy answer. Steve's coaching will continue to get better the further away we get from Fred. A yes, because mm-hmm. he's been here longer. The more experience of as you have as a head coach, and with Big Twelve basketball, you're obviously going to become better. More experience you have. Um, but B, he now has a bunch of guys that buy into his system and buy into the way he wants to play basketball. Um, can you imagine if we had defenders and guys who hustled like this on defense and stepped into passing lanes and dove after loose balls like this, say, George Niang's junior year, what teams like that could have accomplished? Or not even that, just this year. Or, excuse me, last, last year. year. That's an yeah. Elite Eight team. Well, I think that's a Final Four team. I think that team had enough That team had enough talent to win a national championship, but they didn't have a quarter of the heart of this year's team. No, they, they were playing for themselves the whole year. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's Cyhawk week. Um, I, I think this is a really fun matchup, matchup coming at us. Uh, I think that they're two very similar teams. I think it's a very gritty blue collar once again. Um, like, like you said, that Seton Hall's game was a very um, old school uh, Big East game. This is going to be very similar. Um, well, I think if – Yes and no. Iowa does not like to play defense. That's what I was going to say. If you'd let me talk, Dan, uh, if – if Iowa figures out how to guard the perimeter, um, it's that's going to be tough on us because it's really going to it's going to shut down our dribble drive stuff, drive and kick, and then 
if we don't rebound the ball properly, Garza's going to manhandle someone inside. So we have to do both of those things. We have to get good shots inside and out and hope that they have some lackluster performance on the perimeter defensively, and we have got to rebound the ball better. Granted, we've been way better rebounding this year than we, we were we did last out-rebound. year. Like, that was this, we out-rebounded Seton Hall on, on Monday. Well, Sunday, their best player their best player did have a broken wrist. No, their best player is Miles Powell. Well. Their best big man, probably. But regardless, there's a lot of size on that team, regardless. I think George Condon needs to start. He has to be in the starting five. There's yeah. the, the energy that comes from him on the floor is unlike any other player that that team has outside of yeah. Tyrese Halliburton. It's it's weird to me because it felt like Condit got a lot more run on Sunday. Did it feel like to you like second half felt like Condit was out there the whole time? Do you yes. know how many minutes he had? Um, I would guess 14. Oh, he had 17. But oh. it felt like he had a lot more. Um, I would agree. It did feel like he yeah. had a lot more. I mean, but what, when can are we ever going to see him be at 25-minute? It's hard for guys that are just as big being close to a 7-footer and play with as much pace as he does. There's not very many big guys that can run the floor the way he does. He does run really well. Um, that are going to be able to play 25, 30 minutes a night. And I will say about George Condit, mm-hmm. probably the best natural shot blocker I've ever seen. Oh, my goodness, yeah. He it's is six of them on so Sunday. good at anticipating it. Like, And I'm, I'll break it down to a, a couple of recent Cyclone players that will maybe put it into perspective. Cameron Lard was a great shot blocker, but he forced block shots by rising with – the person laying the ball up or whatever. He swatted at stuff, and he always flailed because he was very athletic, but his timing effing sucked. Jameel McKay, great timing, missed a bunch of blocks for whatever reason. He had a lot of great instinct, too. His hands were always up. Get your hands up, Jameel! Yeah. Uh, He was also a very good shot blocker, but not a natural shot blocker. And what I mean by that is watch watch George Condit next time when you have a, a smaller player come into the lane. He will bait them in to putting up a layup by playing at arm's length, staying back, keeping his, you know, whether it's his outside or inside hand, he keeps them funneled to one direction, baits them into a layup, layup and his closing speed and timing is so fast that he right. can swat it away. And maybe not even swat it. He affects the shot like nobody we have seen right. in a while. And, and that's just a tribute. I think attributes to his athleticism as someone who's almost seven feet tall. I really think, and he's kind of got a jumper. Yeah, he does. He's he's hit a couple of those. Um, I like to see him shoot the three. most interesting matchups for me. And, and here's the deal: I think if you're Iowa, you're you're you do not Wieskamp and Bohannon especially, and these guys are not good enough to guard our guys in a man situation. They are not athletic enough. Rasir Bolton can torch them Bolton, if he wants and to. And Bolton still probably will. Um, their deal is going to be sit in zone and take away the middle of the court because that is when we're best is when Tyrese is driving um, and running that that high ball screen pick and roll or when we're driving and kicking or Bolton just takes it and tries to get to the rack. That is, I mean, that's is when we are at our best as an offense. And I, I promise you. And they can see here, Iowa State's shooting, what, 31% from three? Why would they play in man and guard the three-point line? I mean, give guys the shots they want. The only thing that, you know, would scare them is like that game versus Alabama because our guys can get hot, you know, eventually you could have a game where you hit 15 threes. That being said, um, I expect Cordell Pemsel to play out of his mind, even though he hasn't done much of it this year. Bohannon will Ryan Cranier. Bohannon has this one circled like nobody's business, and that's what they said. Oh, so well, I thought it was Iowa State's Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. Oh. No, this is very much Iowa basketball Super Bowl, just like, no offense, 
you know, like Iowa, Iowa State, State Super Bowl. It's not football. it's not Iowa State Super Bowl football, but it's one that means a lot. You know, it means a lot more to them than because I was always been you know the program that's had more success. And here for the last twenty years, Iowa State has definitely been the program that's owned the state of Iowa in basketball for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's going to be fun. Hey, are you uh, are you coming to my house to watch the game, or you got tickets? I don't know. Or do you want us to come to your house? I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll let's, let you know. Let's watch the game together. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. So I just want to hang out with you, Dan. Okay. I don't ever get to spend enough time with you, you know, mainly being with each other bare minimum once a week every week. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it Saturday. I still might be hungover. But that's okay. That's uh yeah. Because what's on you? You missed on a, Friday. You missed a, fiet, a good fiesta. Have? Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. Week, by the way, I'm sorry about that. What's on Friday? What do you got going Friday? Something was going on this weekend. And well, I no, can't no, no, remember no, what you it said. Is you'll right be now. too hungover on Saturday. Why don't no, you? I said I'm still gonna be hungover from this previous weekend. Oh, gotcha. I feel like there is something happening this weekend, and I can't remember what now. Well, it's our ugly sweater party. Oh, that might be it. But yeah. Um. Well. Um, I, I'm kind of uh, I'm out of topics here. I'm excited. I want to I want to give a quick preview for future shows. We're hoping to have some some guests on. You know, some more high profile guests. Hopefully, um, Taylor is very high profile though. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, I think we'll have some of our our friends on who we have some interesting friends. I think that can we'll dive into some more kind of off topic you know things here. And yeah, and we've wh- got we've got some interesting stuff to talk about. Once so. again, guys, um, I I put it on. Um, our last episode posting with uh, Facebook and Twitter, go, uh, go rate us on iTunes or rate us on Facebook or wherever you want to do that. Um, maybe uh, we'll give a lucky listener a, a, a chance to come down and hang out with us. And not that we're super popular by any means, but if you want to hear your own voice over the, uh, the podcasting waves, um, leave a review, tell us how we're stupid. Tell us how we're funny. Give us five star review, whatever. Just uh, go, go leave something, something nice like that. And maybe we'll, uh, We'll have you come hang out with us because having a third person on the microphone is always a good it's time. Fun. It really doesn't matter who it's it fun. is. It's so, fun, yeah. So go leave us a review somewhere. Um, share with your friends. Um, we really appreciate all the support. So uh, with that being said, Danny Boy, well, after he breaks all my things, I think it's time we get out of here. Everyone have a great rest of your week. Salud. Peace out. Peace out.